Now tune in to the motherfucking greatest. Boom. Get that dirt off your shoulders. You got to get that dirt off your shoulders. You got to get that dirt off your shoulders. <laughs> so the beatboxing skills came out in full effect, boy. That was pretty good, bro. Nah, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I mean, I'm impressed by your performance, bro. That came out of nowhere, man. I got to hit you with the GSP early. I got <laughs> I got possessed by the by the solo Jay-Z, I think. Man. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> well, I can't say I can't hit you with the, the GSP because GSP is not impressed by your performance. Yeah, no, he's not impressed with my performance. I am most certainly impressed by your performance. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen... Welcome to episode 26 of the Actors to Combat podcast. I am one half of your host, Hugo the Boss, Hugo Got Next, Hugo looking like Hove today, joined by my co-host. It's your boy, Ray Boogie, Boogie Kahuna. You already know. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get into any of that hoopla and any of the fights this weekend, you guys already know the routine. Follow, like, subscribe, comment, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Everybody watching on YouTube right now, hit that like button. Hit that notification bell to stay up to date. Subscribe, drop a comment, all that stuff. And for all of the audio, audio listeners, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast. Um, before we get into this card this weekend, big UFC card, UFC 292, yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In Boston, by the way. So it's right up our alleyway. We're going to recap some of our bets from last week. Um, God, God I shouldn't say God on the podcast, but <laughs> we are. Uh, we had we had good reads. We had good picks. Judges did not help us. And um yeah. Let's just uh let's just leave it at that. And then Martin Budai, of course, blowing up the parlay, but <laughs> but he did what he did. He he did what he needed to do. He just did it way too early that we needed him to do it. Absolutely. But uh to kick it off, let's start with uh what we got wrong. <laughs> so me and my brother had Juliana Miller by Miller by sub. <laughs> Killer Miller, no more killer. She's terrible. Nah, she's the killer of uh, all bets. She's she's from that movie. We are the Millers. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> uh, my brother had Miller money line. I had Ruiz money line. So did you actually? You had Ruiz inside the distance. You had Viana money line. Viana sub. I had Lucindo by decision. We both got a cheat clap on that fight because... Yeah, we went head-to-head there and, uh, you know... We both... <laughs> Fant- <laughs> Fantasy gods ain't like that one. Yeah, you got, you, have you guys ever seen James, Sal, and Bob? Like, the, you know, we spanked the monkey? No, the monkey shall spank us. The monkey, the monkey definitely spanked us there. <laughs> yeah. The fight did not end how we wanted it to end. Nah. So it is what it is. But on the good side, we had Luke Moneylime. So we'll take that, and then the parlays just get decimated here. <laughs> uh, not, we, we, both of us didn't have our parlays, right? No. We got cooked. So we had uh, Parisian Budai over two and a half. Mm-hmm. McKinney Breeden under two and a half. Mm-hmm. McGee and Bice under two and a half. Um, we had I had a separate parlay, um, half a unit, um, Parisian Budai over two and a half. McKinney Breeden and Baez McGee not to fight not to go to distance. Mm. Then, of course, the parlay buster, the one that made or break our night yeah, for I mean, MMA, which is... This, this parlay I thought was a lock. Oh, my goodness. And it was a lock because our guy won. We had Blackshear, McGee, and Dawadu. Mm. And Sal Amato and 
what is it, Rob McCarthy and... I don't know who the judges were. It was John McCarthy. Son was one of them. And man, I don't want to say blatant robbery, but Lord, it was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty decisive and clear who won the fight. And our guy was on the losing end of that. Yeah. And sorry to the betters because that would have put us up a whole, pretty much a whole unit and a half. Yeah, I would have been close to two units myself. You know? And then I had some action on boxing of um, Oscar Valdez, Moneyline. He lost the fight, unfortunately. Great fight. Very close fight. I thought um, Navarrete, Navarrete, Navarrete. Navarrete. Navarrete edged him as well. But I'm never, fight. I'm never mad at Oscar Valdez because that man fights for my money. So love him. Can't wait to bet on him again. And to fade Navarrete against the next big guy in his weight class. <laughs> so, all good, all love. On to the next one, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we wipe those off and we move on. And that's what we, we do here, you know. We own our losses. And we want you to judge us up by our losses because we have so few. Yeah, you, you know? know. It's called accountability at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We don't we run. lose. We don't run. We don't run away from it. We don't hide. So. We show it all. A little bit of a rough night. But if we hit that parlay, we're up. We have a winning night. Yeah. So, you well, know. you had a winning night. I mean, barely, but you yeah, know. I would have I, I would have broke even. Vicente dug me out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Vicente's a lord. Yeah, excellent and, fight by the way. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't one of our initial bets. If you had tuned into the podcast, though, you knew he was our lean. Yeah. So you know, there was no oh, you know, we were having a little bit of a losing night. He was a little bit of a break the glass, which I'm not mad at. I, I told my brother, I was like, he's a safe break the glass, but didn't want to bet that fight, but winded up doing so. Definitely did not regret it because we won. And the way we read it was exactly how it went. So, love you, Luke. No more brain hemorrhages. <laughs> love the way you're fighting now. It's smart. I can see you getting into the top five. No doubt. But, time to get into it. Let's get into this call, my brother. UFC 292 taking place in Boston. The TD Garden. Headlined by... Al Jermaine going one-on-one with Sean O'Malley. Banger. <laughs> then we got a co-main. Zhang Weili, Amanda Lemos. Great fight. Banger. I mean, this whole card, top to bottom. It's pretty good. Pretty solid. Pretty good. And it's also serving as the uh, the Ultimate Fighter uh, finale card. Yep. Which they really don't, they don't usually do that on pay-per-views, but. Um, they do it, yeah, they do it on a fight night. Yeah. And it's not going to be in the early prelims. It's going to be on the main prelims. Both fights. That's so. impressive. Well, it is high level. They're all veterans. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense, right? You don't want to like, you, you don't want to like uh, paywall that because, it's, you know, they're trying to promote the, you know. Tough. Yeah, tough. So it makes sense. Yep. But anyway, on to the first fight. First fight we got here in the flyweight division. Early prelims. Marie, how do you say your name? Marina. Marina. Marina Monroe's going one-on-one with Kareem Silva. I nailed that, right? Yep. Marine Monroe's 11-4, fighting out of the Ukraine, hailing from the Ukraine, 31 years old, going one-on-one with the killer, Kareem Silva, 16-4, and four, hailing from Brazil, fighting out of Brazil, 29 years old. This match is a run back from 2014. Eight years ago. Is it eight years? Close. I can't do the math, so mm-hmm. I'm trusting you. Actually, more. It's, but yeah, it's eight, it's eight and a half, I think so. 
2014, they fought against each other. Maria ended up winning by armbar. Nine, actually. I mean, I trusted you. <laughs> I can't trust you no more, man. It's nine. <laughs> I just thought about it. I was like... Well, anyway, nine years ago, it was an ugly fight. They were both very young in their careers. That They were like 23 and 24. Uh, Maria ended up getting her in an armbar early. She ended up like pulling guard. Karina, you know, did a thing until she got caught. I think they're both way different fighters now. I like, I don't know who I like here. Um, Moroz, she's, uh, she's tough. Hard to take out. She don't really get finished. She's got solid striking. Good pressure. She got a chin. I mean, her nickname is the Iron Lady. But Kareem could pop. She's got power. Striking probably not as clean. Decent ground game. I mean, no. Excellent ground game. Excellent. Excellent submissions. This is... I don't blame people who are on the Moreau side. I'm kind of like back and forth on this. My pick for the fight is going to be Karina. Kareen. I don't know how I'm going to bet this fight. I'm going to say... It goes the distance, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about this fight? I think this fight has, the unders are very live here, in my opinion. And it's because Kareem Selva, I think, has only seen the third round twice in her whole career. And she's fighting a girl that's beating her. So she's either going to kill her or she's going to get tired and then she's going to get killed. That's how I see this fight going. But um, my lean's definitely going to be Kareem for everything that you just mentioned. Um, I also question Morose's motivation for this fight because she hasn't fought in a while. And I know she just recently got that Playboy deal. So she's already got ventures outside the UFC. And usually for fighters, that's not a great sign because they're not completely locked into the game. Um, I tell you what, I think Marina is a good live spot. And the reason being is because if, if Kareen blows her load in the first round, hey, yo, um, <laughs> Morose will get her late when she gasses. Um, but I like Kareen. I think she's the goods. I think she's the real deal. I like Kareen. Probably Kareen by submission, too. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. Morose is pretty wicked, man. On the floor, too. She is. And she's got, like, you know, she was more than willing to play in um, Bueno Silva's guard when they, when they fought, like, a couple years ago. Yeah, you know, that's I retract. No, I, I mean. I, I, no, no, I retract. Not you mentioned that. So no, I don't think I don't think it's like out the realm of possibility because Kareen has gotten way better and she's like she's, she's a very, hammer. Yeah. Kareen early, Marina late. Hundred percent. I can see Marina stopping her late. Not too sure how I want to bet this fight. Yeah. Because like I mean Dog I, or pass, I, maybe. I was, I was thinking over what you're saying about the under kind of makes sense. Like I said, I think I do think Kareen is the rifle favorite here. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't blame the dog shot on Moroz. I think Moroz wins. It's probably the decision. But um, I think Kareem's the side here. I don't know how I'm going to bet it personally. I agree. I agree. Next fight, have, next fight we have here in the flyweight division, Andrea Lee going one-on-one with Natalia Silva. KGB, 13-7, and seven, fighting out of Louisiana, 34 years old, going against Natalia Silva, 15-5-1. and one. Fighting out of Brazil, hailing from Brazil, 26 years old. Silva's been, uh, 
I don't want to say shockingly good, but she came out swinging. You know, her debut fight was against Jasmine Jazdavicius. Excellent fight. Surprised everybody. She came in as a dog. I think her next fight was against uh, Blazer, right? And then her last fight was against Leonardo. Whooped all of them. Andrea Lee, I think, is being a little, a little disrespected here. I know she's a little bit on the older side. She's uh, she's a plus two eighty man. She's thirty four. She, she, I don't think she's old, but like she's got she's got some wear and tear on her. She's been in the game for a bit. This is, I think, by far the best striker. Uh, Silver's fought the best grappler. Silver's fought. I still think Silver's got the edge striking because she's slick. I don't know if she's got the power. She's a little undersized. KGB is going to be bigger. I think this line should be a little closer. I do think Silva should win because only because of her footwork, her sleekness, her one twos are they come quick, they hit hard. Hey yo, <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrea Lee, good offensive grappler, bad defensive grappler. I think Silva could take her down, but I think Andrea Lee could take Silva down. No question. And Silva, she's hard to take down, but once she's down, you could kind of hold her down. So I think this fight is going to be way closer than the line indicates. I don't know if she finishes Andrea because Andrea's only think only been submitted once, once in the UFC. Never been knocked out. Never been knocked out. She's been. I don't. I don't even think she's even been dropped. She might have been rocked one or two times. Never been dropped. But never been dropped. Right. <clears throat> I think. It's a live bet spot here, man. Good. I mean, a live dog is hell. I think she's live. I she, think she's a live dog. At plus 280, dude, that is disrespect. And by the way, we're talking about a girl who I think she beat Macy Barber her last Yeah, fight. that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, it, it's close. I think this fight is close. I think it gets, I think, I don't know if Natalia finishes her. I think this fight probably does go to decision. I think... So, like I said, Silva is the rightful favorite. She she probably does win this fight more often than not. But plus two eighty, it, it's it, the the line should be closer. I don't know if I want to take a shot on Andrea Lee because I don't know how confident I am that she that she pulls through. But she can pull through. So she's a, in my opinion, I guess she's a semi live dog. I'm gonna pick Natalia here for the win. Don't know how I'm gonna bet this one. This one makes me sweat a little more, actually, than the last fight with uh, Karine and uh, Maria. So, uh, I don't know. That's that's the way I feel. I think these are, I mean, like I said, these cards, these, these fights from top to bottom on this card, really good. So, uh, Silva's the side. Don't know how I'm going to bet it. The line should be closer. Yeah, I think um, Silva's definitely the side, but like... Um I think Andrea Lee is um is a live dog. I really do. I mean she's got she's got the size. She's, she's got, got the, the size the length and the reach and uh the height. And the experience and the and the the better uh brand of competition that she's fought. Mm-hmm. Plus just like um Marina Morose, and here's the one thing I forgot to drop in for you guys. They're good minute winners, man. Yeah. They know how to win minutes. So I think both of these girls are live as hell, man, in these fights. And by the way, they're starting off the card. These are not high, These are not low-level women's fights. 
these are high level fighters getting in the octagon, man. And um, I think Andrea Lee is, is she's she's been on the wrong side of some bad decisions, man. If I'm being honest, throughout her career, yeah, because there's a lot of fights that I thought she won and judges took it away from her. So I think Andrea's live as hell here, man. I mean, if there's like a split decision prop, I'm playing the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even blame people playing Andrea straight because yeah. I mean, what plus two eighty? That's crazy, man. I think I mean, that's a disrespectful line. This should be this this line this line, guys. Just as a heads up, it's plus two eighty and. Natalia is minus 355. I think it should be like minus 190, not even 190, maybe minus 170 plus 135. I mean 140. Like I think there's a there's a there's a chance she can get dog walked in this fight. I just don't I, see I wouldn't it. bet on it. I don't personally don't see it. I think I think the fight's going to be closer. I then. think it's going to be closer. So at plus and at plus 280, you want to be on the plus money side. I think Silva especially if it's going to be close. I think Silva, like I said, standing, she's sleek, man. I agree. The footwork, she's gonna be very evasive. She throws out that one-two. She she could piece Lee up, but Lee, I mean, again, the best striker she's fought because you know her other three fights. I mean, Jazz Davicius, eh, mid. Uh, Blazer probably a little better, but not really that much. And uh, you know, Leonardo, eh, mid. Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying. No question, best fighter she's fought too. A lot of value in Andrea Lee. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Very technical too. Very good on the floor. A lot of things. But yeah, we're done beating this fight up. We can move on to the next one, my brother. All right, next fight we have in the card here to kick off. Well, actually, to uh, end the early prelims, we have Jeremir Shart, GM3, going one on one with Andre Petrovsky. The fact that this is a and. Early prelim fight is crazy. I'm telling you, bro. This this, this is a great fight too, card, man. Yeah, this card stacked. Lord, I think this fight again. If they weren't having the um, the the, the, the tough, tough stuff, this would have been a little higher. I but agree. they they, they want to showcase the tough fights, so I get it. Yep. This is an unfortunate victim of uh, the tough fights being on the card. Yep. But we got GM three here, thirty five and sixteen, fighting out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 35 years old, going against Andre Porchowski, 9-1, fighting out of Springfield, Pennsylvania, 32 years old. I like this fight. Grappler versus grappler. I'm gonna I'm leaning Petrowski here. Not with the most confidence, but I think Petrowski uh hits hard. Probably hits harder than GM3. Uh I don't know if he's going to be able to keep GM3 off of him. I mean, and I don't know if I trust Petrowski. See, now I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I trust Petrowski to, like, to not wrestle him and kind of just, like. I feel like he's I feel like he's crazy enough to play in his guard. Yeah. I really do. Because he, everyone, he's been, he's been on a roll lately. That's why he fought, like, Nick, Mac, Nick Maximoff and those other guys that are all grapplers. Because he wants to prove in some weird sense in his mind that yeah, he's, he's the, the best, best grappler, grappler in the division. Yep. So I feel like GM3 at plus 195, especially for like a second or third round sub, which he is notorious for, is live as hell. And Petrovsky, sorry to jump in, by the way. No, 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 no. It's, but, yeah. but he he he's um he fights a lot like Yoel Romero, and that was a good analysis on your part. He kind of knows when to take his breaks. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, he's sloppy than Yoel, and he has a neck unlike Yoel. So my thing is, if he takes like a sloppy shot, 
and just goes into um, Gerald. Gerald wrap up his neck with a guillotine, and he's one of the best in the business at closing it with like you know in the second and third round when the yeah. when the bodies are sweating and you know there's no um, there's less friction. So you know, I, the only caveat I would like to put in there though is that Petrowski does train with these Philly guys. He does. So the chances of him kind of like just randomly getting caught in a submission, I think, are very low. But if he's going to get caught by anybody, it's GM3. Because GM3 is not really a guy who kind of like fishes for submissions. He's more of an opportunistic kind of finisher. Correct. So if you're going to give him that neck, he'll just go and grab it. Yep. You know, and yeah, I can see a scenario where, I mean, Petrowski comes out hot like he always does. He starts to tire out towards the end of the round. And then in that time frame, right before the second round or, right, you know, right at the end of the first or right at the end of the second or even right at the end of the third, that's the time where GM3 can thrive, especially if they're grappling or clinching and Petrosky gets a little sloppy. I think more often than not, though, I think Petrosky wins this fight. I think I do trust his wrestling and, you know, the fact that he trains with these guys in Philly. He's smart enough to really not get caught in that kind of stuff. I'm going to lean Petrosky here. GM3, again, another live or live-ish dog. If you're going to bet GM3, I think you bet him, like you said, uh, round two, round three sub around there. Petrosky, he could finish him. I don't know if he's got the, I know he's got power, but. Does he have that hitter like Joe Pfeiffer? Yeah. I don't know if he's got the, the one hitter. Like body bags. He could. He could have it. The thing is, this is also a guy who fought at welterweight at one point. So GM3 is going to be the naturally bigger guy, even though Petrosky's built. He's built like his name sounds. He's built like a shithouse. Yeah, dude is. Uh, he's jacked. Muscled up, boy. <laughs> he's bodied up, bro. But like my thing is, it's it's I have seen him get sloppy. And even against Nick Maximoff, he got sloppy in certain spots. And you can't do that shit with GM3. I think GM3 won't look like GSP in second or third round and wrap up the neck. I mean, who knows? Maybe Petrowski gets him the sub because even when he fought Nick Maximoff, I mean, nobody thought that he was going to not only beat Nick Maximoff, right? No, but, no, no. I mean, I guess people no, no. thought he was going to beat No, no, no. That, that's cap because that's cap. You know why that's cap? How's that cap? Because me and you both said, maybe me and you were the only ones who were on it, but I told you when that fight got announced, Petrowski's going to beat the fuck out of him. Well, I mean, okay. I, 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 I knew he was going to beat him, but the way he beat him. Oh, no. I was not surprised. Nick Maximoff overrated, bro. I mean, but like first round, and then he what, it was an anaconda. Yeah, like yeah. that was put him to sleep. Crazy. Yeah, you know, I what mean, I'm dude, he he can't grapple. He is built like a shit house. And GM three has been subbed. Yeah, several times. That's true. So it's like, would I be surprised? I I mean, inside I, the distance for Petrowski, maybe, or I mean, I could also see Petrowski just grinding him out for three rounds as well. Because again, GM 3s third, he's. If you can't, if you don't get that one hitter, he's he's durable. Correct. You know, so I, I don't know how I'm gonna bet this one. I do like Petrowski to win. If you if you're on the mere shark side, I don't blame you. I would if I I personally would play him two and three. Don't know how I'm gonna bet this personally. I mean, you know, Friday comes around and you know you'll see the picks. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I that I, I like Petrowski, but Gerald Mersh- Mershot's definitely a live dog in this spot. <laughs> and by the way, now that we brought up that Nick Maximoff fight with Petrowski, thank you very much that fight because that was one of the fights that inspired us to do this podcast. At least it inspired me because 
I think Petrovsky was a dog walking into that fight, which is, I, I seen, I told you, I was like, yo, Ray, this line is crazy. He's going to fuck him up. I mean, and, I knew, and, I knew and, he was going to win. I didn't think he was going to, nah, like, I called him it. out like, I in the called first it. round. That was sick. Yeah, I called it. Yeah. I said, I, I didn't think he was going to choke him. I thought he was probably going to knock him out. That's what I thought. But, you yeah. know, I, I, the thing is, the, the fact that he choked him, was I surprised? Not really. You know, so thank you, fight. Thank you, that fight. You know, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> All right, next fight we have to kick off the prelims. We have the first of two tough fight finales. We got Cody Gibson going one on one with Brad Katona. And this is in the, what's this, Bantamweight, right? Bantamweight division. Cody Gibson, the Renegade, 19 and 8, fighting out of SOL County, California. I don't know where the hell that is. 35 years old. LOL, against, LOL California. LOL California. <laughs> <laughs> going against Brad Superman Katona, twelve and two, fighting out of Dublin, Ireland, but he's hailing from Canada. Thirty-one years old. Uh listen. I don't know why Katona got cut in the first place. He's a good fighter, man. I think it was it had to com- it had a, I think it's a combination of both. I think he was injured, and um, his fight style is not the most. Uh, it's not sexy. Yes. But I think I think he's the side in my opinion here. I think Cody Cody could be live-ish, but Cody would have to make this a very sloppy dog fight. If he tries to fight calculated, I think, against Katona here, I think Katona is very cerebral. I think Katona kind of picks him apart here. You know, takes him down, beats him up. Handles him striking wise. I mean, listen, Gibson, he's got all the uh, physical advantages. He's taller. He's longer. He's bigger. He's a very big Bantamweight. But Katona, Katona's only lost to two guys. Katona's lost to uh, Marab. And I think Hunter, Hunter is. Azor, uh, who was on the show. Yeah. And by the way, this guy has fought Kyler Phillips and won. And he's fought Bryce Mitchell and won. I this think, guy is Katona's. He's a problem. He's I, just undersized, low key. I, I think Katona's legit. Yeah, he's just small. He's small. And then I mean, again, he's fighting a guy who's very big for this division. Like I said, Gibson. If he if he makes this messy, I think there's a chance for him to win here. I'm like I'm not saying Katona's like a lock or anything. I just don't like Gibson's style personally. I like to bet on the smarter fighters here. You know, Katona's very smart. He's very calculated. He knows what to do in there. I'm going to lean Katona here. I don't know how I'm going to bet this fight. His line is minus 175. That's actually not terrible. That's not bad. I wish it was a little smaller because I do I do think Gibson can't, like, again, Gibson is is a scary opponent. I don't think he's, like, I don't. he's not a world beater or anything, but, like, again, he's got the physical attributes. And if he does make this sloppy... It'll be pretty interesting to see how Katona reacts, but I do think Katona's aside. Don't know how I'm going to bet it, though. I think this goes over, actually. If I had to bet, because Katona's not a finisher. No. Katona likes to take his time. And Gibson, you Durable. Know, Somewhat Gib- durable. Gibson's all right. So maybe the bets for this fight, overs, goes the distance. I'm leaning Katona here, but don't know how I'm going to bet it at the moment. I tell you what, the fact that he lost to um, 
like like Gibson has lost to both Aljermaine Sterling, who is the current champ and the headline of this card, and he's lost to Ray Borg. I mean, there's just too much versatility in his wins and losses, in my opinion, in terms of the skill level. Um, He should be smashing Ray Borg and losing to Aljo is the point, or just losing, you know, you're just losing to bums and you're losing to, like, world beaters. You know, you're a scary guy to bet on, you know? If you're smashing the guys you're supposed to smash, you're it's an easier side for us to pick. I like Katona a lot, man. I think Katona is a beast, man. I think I think he is the goods, and I think he's going to be the, the first guy ever to win the Ultimate Fighter twice. Um, he is he's really good. I mean, dude, even when he fought um, that was that was the fight that kind of put me over when he fought the uh, the Russian dude, the Dagestani in the house. What's his name? Um, Tamir. Tamir. Um, yeah. What's his name? Tamir? Yeah. Is it? Tamir? I can't remember his name. Yeah, but he's uh that dude. I thought that dude was gonna win the whole show, and Brad said nip nip nip. I'll take that shit right now. Um, yeah, he's um he's a problem. And I think he's going to win this fight. So Brad Katona is probably going to get a bet from me too. I trust his mind. I trust him to make the right decision. I trust him to know how to win. All right. Next fight I hear we got in the prelims is the second of two tough finales. And we have Kurt Hollibog going one-on-one with Austin Hubbard. Hollibog 19 and seven fighting out of Franklin, Louisiana, Franklinton, Louisiana, 36 years old going against thud. Austin Hubbard, 15 and 6, fighting out of Denver, Colorado, 31 years old. Uh, this fight is this is gonna be another close fight. This is a, another fight that I think goes the distance. And the overs hit. Uh I think Hubbard's probably the rifle favorite. He's gonna put the volume out there. He's not gonna finish Hollabog here. He doesn't really finish anybody in his career. I think the finishing upside is on the Hollabog side. Hollabog is tough. I'm. I don't want to. I'm. 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 I'm leaning live dog here as well. I do like Hollabog. Don't know if I like him enough to bet him. I think Hubbard. I think Hubbard. I think Hubbard wins this fight, not with the most confidence. If I'm gonna bet this fight, I do bet the overs. I do bet that this goes to decision. I think for both guys, you probably bet goes to decision. Because Hubbard's, uh, you know, a durable guy too. Tough to get out. You want to get a little risky, a little risky, frisky. Hollabog is the guy with the finishing upside. But I think uh, you bet both these guys by decision. You get a better line. Hubbard's the side for me. Pick-wise, Hollabog might be the more interesting dog to bet on here. But I don't know as of right now. That's just gut feeling. That's how I feel. Well, you know what's crazy, right? This fight, under a lot of circumstances, I would say it's a big fucking stay away. And here's why. Kurt Hollebug is 0-3 in the UFC. Yeah. Austin Hubbard is 3-4 and in the UFC. Yeah. And what's crazy is I think Hollebug has fought the better guys. Tiago Moises, Shane Burgos, and Ronnie Barcelos. Those are the guys he lost to. Those are good guys. Those are decent guys. And wait, who who's the last guy you named? Um, uh, 
You said it was um, Ronnie Barcelo. Barcelo, okay. Who's a hammer? Yeah, yeah that's especially good. at that time. That's 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 a that's a tough three fight. Yeah. You know. Yeah, back yeah. to back to back. Yeah, and he got finished in two of them. Yeah. Now, if you look at Austin Hubbard, Vince Pachel, Vince from Hell Pachel, Joe Selecki, Mark Madsen, Davi Ramos. This is all who he lost to or who, who he, he lost to? Okay. Who he won? Dakota Bush, Mac Rocksmith. Who? And Kyle Pre- Pre- Exactly. Wait, who was that? Who? <laughs> yeah. Who? 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 <laughs> it's kind of crazy, man. And at this level, I, I mean, especially what he did to Jason Knight, I don't know if Austin Hubbard would do that to Jason Knight. I mean, you can make the argument that Jason Knight is a little you know, overrated. Past his prime. A little shop yeah, a little washed at the at the moment, but I mean it was very impressive. He he ran through him on the ultimate uh, ran through him on the ultimate fighter. He and ran Jason Knight him. usually takes a piece of you home. Yeah. He does. Yeah. And he dismantled him. And um, Hubbard looked like he still got a chin. He took some he took some solid shots from him. Yep. And and the way he pressured him and made him make mistakes and use his counterboxing, that was the best Hollabugs looked. If he fights like that in this fight, he's gonna win this fight. I mean, you're just naming the people that he lost to compared to, like, when we're comparing resumes here, it makes me feel a little better about maybe taking a dog shot on Hollabog. At here. the UFC level, right? You know, yeah. so this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah, Austin Hubbard beat Julian Lane, but Julian Lane was... I mean, come on, man. I mean, let's, let's you know... He let's, beat the Lemmy Bang bro guy? Let's, let's stop with the cat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this guy has fought hammers. Yeah. You know? He's fought hammers. So, and by the way, too, to go back to... um. The previous fight, the other thing I wanted to mention about Cody Gibson, he also coming with a compromised leg. Yeah, I wonder how healed that is or not healed. He tore it, man. He got like a three-quarter tear on the MCL. Good luck getting that healed in three to four months. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it it probably is still a little compromised. No way. Like, it's not a 100%, but... yeah. I mean, it's probably, I mean, way better than it was on the show, but... Yeah, another reason why I think Katona gets it done. But let's get back to this fight. Um, Austin Hubbard should be the rightful favorite, but man, I want to hear how Kurt's talking this week. If he's talking good, I might take a little shot on him. And just because he's fought the way better guys, I don't, I don't know if, I think Austin Hubbard is UFC caliber. I just don't know if he's, um, he's a guy that's going to take risks to solidify him being in the UFC, as you saw in his last two fights in the house. So I, I, I know Hollaball is going to fight for my money, and I, I loved his counterboxing. And he has good wrestling takedown defense, too. Underrated as hell. Yeah, hard to take down. Very hard to take down. Also, thick for the division. Yeah, he's a big guy. Big guy. Hits hard. Yeah. You know, so, I'm, it's the volume I'm worried about, too. Because, yeah. like, I, I can see why Hubbard's, you know, Hubbard knows what to do. He's he very high volume. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yep. This fight, I lean Hubbard. Don't know how I'm going to bet it. All right, getting back into the, I guess, main chunk of this uh, prelim of 292 here. We have Gregory Robocop Rodriguez going one-on-one with Dennis Tululuin. Tululuin. <laughs> Rodriguez, Robocop, 13-5, and five, fighting out of Brazil. Actually, hailing from Brazil, fighting out of Florida. 31 years old, going against Dennis Tululuin. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect the guy's name. It's just fun to say. Hailing from Russia, fighting out of Russia, 35 years old. He is 7-5 and five overall. RoboCop, how big of a favorite is RoboCop right now? Because he is Minus 355. 
Oof. That is insane. Hard to bet that straight. Played a prop on him. His line is already open for it. Him, Gregory Rodriguez by knockout is plus 110. Gregory Rodriguez by submission is plus 225. His sub prop, I mean, his finish prop is going to be insane. I think if... It's Ro- minus 225. I think if Rodriguez gets this guy down to Lelewin, oh, it's, it's, I, I think he's going to look like minus 1,000. Oh, yeah, if he hits the floor. And the reason I say that is because, you know, and like everybody else has been saying, if you watch the fight that uh, Tulaluwin had against uh, the Iron Turtle, he put my man on his back. He had no idea what to do. No. Even though I think Iron Turtle's underrated. I- Iron Turtle's very good. But Iron Turtle could not do that shit to Gregory Rodriguez. Gregory no. Beat, no. The, beat, the, beat him like he, ha- he owed him money. Yeah, Rodriguez is, you know, slick, slick jujitsu. Slick. Excellent grappler when he decides to grapple. Loves to fight. Loves to get into his, his nickname is Robocop, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dead or alive, you could with me. I mean, shit. <laughs> Why don't we have this poster on the, on the wall? <laughs> we, we need a Robocop wait, we poster. Have, we don't have a Robocop. Right oh, now. my goodness. Yeah, we need a Robocop. Oh, my goodness. We just put him up there. Yeah, we need a- <laughs> He looks like Robocop. Get bro. him That's, with the Robocop outfit. You know oh what I'm saying? Oh my goodness. That'd be sick. Oh my goodness. And have him say, Dead or Alive, you're coming with me, but in Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but this guy, yeah, Gregory comes to scrap. He comes to scrap, man. And I mean, but th- I agree with my brother. If this fight hits the floor under 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 two minutes, he's but, done. But if this fight stays on its feet, way more competitive. This is where Tululin wants it. Yeah. Tulululu and I mean, you have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to trust RoboCop's chin here. I mean, he's been hit by some kid. Like you know, people want to say he's got a weak chin, but I mean, his last knockout loss was against who? Um, that kid. That ha- that was kid. it Chidi? No, it was um. He knocked him out. He not wait. Who knocked? He, he knocked Chidi out? out. He lost to Bruno Ferreira. Ferreira. That, oh, dude, yeah, that, that little that yeah. little truck, yeah, that bro. guy's that guy's a that dude can crack, yeah. boy. So it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have a chin, but he's also been hit by these guys who have like godlike power in their hands. Yeah. Tululuin, I don't know if he has the godlike power. He does have power though. The problem is like his best fight was like against Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett, yeah, 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 I'm leaning RoboCop here. I think RoboCop does get the takedown eventually, because he does get a takedown at least in uh, at least one takedown in each if he, each of his fights, if I'm not mistaken. And if it gets to the ground here with three minute two and a half two and a half minutes left, he's he's gonna kill him. Yes, he's gonna literally kill him. I like, mean, and I hope that like the they're thinking like the game like it's the tape on Tululuans out there. You know, take him out, take just, him down, just put him on the ground. Yeah, put him on the ground, put him on his back. I think it gets there because Tululu. He's um, <laughs> Tululuin. He's um, he gets hit a lot, man. He does. That's his only. He's easy to get hit. You can't. You can't get hit by RoboCop, man. The problem is, is like you know, RoboCop can get hit too. You know what I'm saying? Is he don't got the best, you know, striking defense. So maybe the way to bet this fight is uh, if you're feeling frisky, maybe the unders fight doesn't go. If you want to play it safe, you don't want to pick a side. Uh. You can't. I think RoboCop is the side. His money line is a little nah, little nah. little wild to take on a guy who's a little chinny. On a guy who's a little chinny, and you can't really rely on him to consistently get takedowns. I do think he does get the takedown here. I do think he wins. I think he probably drops him and takes his back, low um, key. 
And if he takes him down, it, like you, you and me were talking off camera. Yeah, he probably does get the sub. Yeah. So his best take that his best uh, shot on a takedown is the left hook. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he hits him. He hits him once. He's gonna drop him. So, if he drops him, I think he gets on top of him. Probably subs him. I like the sub money here. It's plus two twenty five. It's okay. Yeah, I it's probably not that bad. I wonder what's the line in second third round. Who knows? That's interesting. That's something we probably have to look into a little later. I don't know if those lines are out right now. Uh, they might be, but I will definitely. But but I like I like RoboCop here to win, not with the most confidence. Like you can't bet his money line. Maybe you want to stick him in a parlay, but I don't know if he's the most reliable parlay piece either. Because if he does stay standing, Tululu and can crack him. But the side here for me, at least for a, for a pick. Rodriguez, don't know how I'm gonna bet this. Maybe the unders if the the unders aren't too juiced. Look you at know? look, guy, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, look at these lines. Plus seven hundred for Gregory Rodriguez to win via knockout round two. I mean, plus eighteen hundred round three. Plus eleven hundred for a sub in round two, and plus twenty eight hundred for a sub in round three. You think it gets to round three? You want the real? I could see it happening because Tuolun does move his feet. I, I guess we're not. I'm not. I'm not trying to I say think, that. I think round two is live. I'm gonna say round two. You, there probably is a possibility. It probably gets to round three. We're not dealing with the the highest IQ fighters here. No. Like you know, I think I don't think Rodriguez is like like Rodriguez doesn't cut off the octagon. Yeah. Right. He follows his opponents. Like he. But I think like I. I think I he finds him. him. I would give him the IQ edge against Tuluan. Tuluan, like his best fights is like when when he's walking forward and just like banging. Yeah, he's crazy. He just swings. He can't he, do he this. He wants to, and and that's why I think Rodriguez is live for inside the distance at least because he could he could club and sub him or just straight clean him out. But Rodriguez sub round one is three hundred. That's not bad. Nah. Nah, for round run sub, I think I, if it was like plus 500, it'd be a little better. Yeah, then because then you just it, play it, the sub straight. Yeah. It's plus 225. Yeah, that's way safer. Yeah. You know, I, it's not enough. Uh, I just think I see that plus 11, those those juicy numbers. Just put a quarter unit on it. It's not going to hurt you. You know? I don't know. I might, I'm going to consider it. I don't know. For a round, a round one sub, a round one prop like that, it's so, so specific. I don't, I, I think I want it a little more juicy, you know? Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm curious about something before we move on from this fight. But if, like, when he's getting finished, he gets finished usually in the first round, right? Yeah. When, when Rodriguez is getting finished, it's in the first round. But if you look at most of his wins, let's see at the UFC level. I'm curious. Dusko went to decision. Josh Frem knocked him out, but that was last minute. Montavo, round two. Iron Turtle, round two. Chidi, round two. Julian Marquez, round one. But Julian's a bum. (laughs) All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, round two is live here. Yeah, round two. Round Round two. two, I don't think that's a bad stab. Yeah. I don't like the round one. No, no, just play play, play the straight. Yeah. Just just play the sub. What's Rodriguez inside the distance? It's like minus 225. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but his sub, his sub in round one is... um, He's plus 225. Nah. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Not his sub in round one. His sub. Yeah, okay. Gregory to sub is plus 225. 
That's, 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 that's okay. okay. That's okay. That's okay. So, but yeah, we keep moving on from this fight. All right, now to uh, no, it's not to kick off the main card. This is the prelim headliner. We got a returning Chris Weidman going one on one with Brad Tavares. Ugh. The All American Chris Weidman, fifteen and six, fighting out of Baldwin, New York, thirty nine years old, going against Brad Tavares, nineteen and eight, fighting out of Las Vegas, thirty five years old. Tavares is Hawaiian, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I like Brad here. <laughs> I don't know if you guys uh, if have paid attention to previous uh, podcasts here, but I am not the biggest uh, Chris Wyman fan. Couldn't tell, bro. I think he sucks. I think he's overrated. The way you feel about him is the way I feel about Kamar Usman. I mean, maybe, maybe worse. No question. I, I mean, was there a time where Chris Wyman was like, you know, top of the world where they were talking about him versus John Jones, super fight. Fight for New York. Fight for New York. Yeah, you know, okay. (laughs) Sure. He's not, listen, I never liked his style. He was always a little boring to me. I get it. He's, you know, he's a good wrestler. He's some Hofstra. Yeah, you know. From Hofstra University. You know, he's from New York. I should be rooting for this dude, you know what I'm saying? I, when I see New York dudes out here, I got to I gotta represent, you know what I'm saying? New York dudes, Hispanic dudes, particularly Puerto Rican dudes, I got to root for them, you know what I'm saying? And let me tell you something about Puerto Rican dudes from New York. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I just, I could never gel with Chris, with Chris Wyman, I just don't like Wyman. I don't like his style. I don't like the way he fights. I don't. I don't like. I don't like this dude. I think he's overrated. Also, you know, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, listen. Okay, I'm gonna get into some territory here. All right, I'm going on a little tangent. Usada came around like around 2014. You know, I'm gonna say, you know. A lot of fighters were, you know, probably on that, you know, secret juice, you know, that secret stuff that, you know, Michael Jordan had in Space Jam. <laughs> All I'm saying is Chris Wyman may or may not have allegedly been one of those guys. I'm, 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 I'm not, th- I'm not going to accuse him of anything because he's never popped. He's never tested negative. I mean, positive. But, you know, he's one of those guys where, you know, once USADA came around, you can see the difference in physique, you know? (laughs) He, you know, Nate Diaz probably wasn't lying when he was like everybody on the juice. You know what I'm saying? Nate Diaz, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody on steroids. Everybody on the steroids. Allegedly, I'm not, you know, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to tarnish his name that hard body. I'm just saying like, you know, I think it was around after the silver fight around the Machida fight. Right. That was that, that was still all pre USADA. After that fight, I think his next fight was against Belfort. After that was Luke Rockhold. You can make the argument he wasn't the same after the Rockhold beating. Yeah, that was a bad that was a bad that was a bad ass whooping. You could also make the argument that, you know, that's around the same time USADA came around and started testing everybody. So, you know, you could, there was a difference in physique. That's all I'm going to say. That's, I all mean, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Just look, just look at pre-Machita. I think it was around Machita and post-Machita. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't look like the same guy. 
I mean, I said the same thing too about um, Jose Aldo when he fought Conor McGregor. When he came back after USADA, because he took like, he had like a year hiatus because he was, but he, he looked smoothed out, man. His was, body was, didn't was, look. There was a lot of fighters like that. Dude. Just I, to be, uh, you know, perfectly Frank. frank. Yeah. Anderson Silva post USADA, not the same fighter. Yeah. Like he broke his leg, which I understand, but he got knocked out by Weidman. He lost a couple of other questionable fights in between that. I mean, dude, like. All I'm, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's a product of USADA. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm Johnny just saying, Hendricks the same way too. I'm just saying, just look at the physique, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Johnny Hendricks is like that too. Yeah, there's a lot of fighters. A like lot that, of fighters, yeah. and um, I, I won't go there too. I, I think I don't want to make those accusations, but I, I really do think it is a very honest conversation. You know, like I said again, maybe maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was a combination of that, and or Luke just beating the living crap out of him. Yeah, that's a beating, man. That was bad. You know, that's hard to watch. And he, and he hasn't won. He hasn't been the same since. That's all I'm saying. It was around the same time. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. You know what? Maybe I'm ODing. Maybe I shouldn't be accusing. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just throwing out stuff that I. I just. You know, I'm going back and watching tape, and I just see things. That's all. You know. Well, it's crazy. Just because an observation. That's it, all I'm making. It's also crazy because they, a lot of people say that Chris Weidman is um the best training partner that he that 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 they've ever had. Right. Steve Miocic has said it. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has said it. And that gentleman we were listening to the other day said the same thing, that Chris Weidman's by far the best training partner he's ever had. And like the, the, he was also the best wrestler and jiu-jitsu practitioner that he's ever wrestled with and worked with. Um, but let's cut all that other bullshit out. My man is coming back from a extre- an extremely bad um, leg break. Yes. Before that leg break, he was doing terrible. He was getting knocked out in all of his fights. Yep. Um, people were saying the most impressive performance he had was against Calvin Gaslam. Dude, he got dropped like two times in that fight before he took advantage of a guy and just weight bullied him. Let's just be real. Because Gaslam shouldn't be fighting at 185. Yeah. He's too small. You know, and you know, obviously people are gonna argue because he had that war with Stylebender and this and that. Fight of the year, arguably the greatest fight in UFC history was between Calvin Gaslam and Israel Adesanya. But look at the guys he's lost to, man. Look at all these knockout losses. Ever since Luke Rockhold, Yoel Romero, flying knee. Gegard Mousasi, knees. Calvin Gaslam got dropped like one or two times in that fight. Then triangle choked him in the third round. Jacare knocked him out. Jacare Souza, bro. (laughs) Are you kidding me? A jiu-jitsu guy knocked him out. Yeah. Dominic Reyes in a weight class he shouldn't have been fighting. I guess he thought the weight cut was going to, you know... Help him if he wasn't depleting his body. Got clipped. Look at Dominic Reyes now, by the way. Yeah. Left hook, done. Didn't age well. Didn't age well. Uriah Hall, who he broke his leg against. Yeah. And um, he just had a, um, a grappling match where he lost, and Brad Tavares is up. And I think, you know, people think that he's getting done a favor by the UFC with uh, Brad Tavares because he's not really a prolific finisher. I mean, listen, they they tried to find the softest matchup they could possibly find for him. And that that being said, Tavares I, is a bad matchup for him. Not the easiest matchup for him not at, at all. all. You know, and Tavares at least is active. And I mean, not the most prolific finisher either. But durable. But very durable. Solid takedown defense. I mean, again, Wyman, to his credit... Solid wrestler. 39 you know, years old, broken 30, leg. 39. By the way, leg. a leg that he was also having problems getting circulation back into at one point. Two-year layoff. I like Tavares here. Sorry for getting all long-winded and stuff. You know, my, my brother's usually the one that likes to go on the ranch. Oh, no, I love but, it. Yeah, I, I like I like observing. <laughs> I like to watch. 
Uh, you like to, you're, you're a looker, aren't you? <laughs> but, you know, all bias aside, all bias aside, I think Tavares is the side here. He probably gets it. He probably I finishes think, him. I think he gets it done here. He probably finishes him. I don't, I'm not saying that with the most confidence. It's more about Wyman just hasn't been able to, you know, take a punch lately. Well, I guess not lately because he hasn't fought in two years. But, you know, a lot of his fights have been inside the distance. He's been getting knocked out left and right. Tavares got some pop. So I'm going to lean inside the distance maybe here for Tavares. I think Tavares is the side. He's the pick. Don't know how I'm going to bet this at the moment. But, yeah, that's the way I feel. Yeah. Tavares by knockout or submission is plus 120. Tavares by decision is plus 180. Damn. Yeah, it's they, weird. The bookies are all they're, over they're that. They're all one. over it. They yeah. know. They know what they're doing. All right. Now, to kick off the main card, we have Mario Batista, and he's fighting not Cody Garbrandt, but Damon Black Shear, the man who literally just fought seven, a, a, like less than a week ago. He's taking his fight on. He's a on, week after, essentially, he's he, back to back fights in a, in two weeks. He's on that Robert. He's on that Robert Helania shit. And by the way, fuck you, um, sports books for not um, letting us bet on that AJ knockout because that was an easy bet. <laughs> Side note: that was an easy bet, <laughs> and we couldn't bet that shit. This is boxing, by the way, guys. Yeah, <laughs> some bullshit. But anyway, we got Mario Batista here taking on Damon Blackshear. Batista twelve and two. Fighting out of Glendale, Arizona, 30 years old, going to one on one with the monster. Damon Blackshear, 14, 5, and 1. Fighting out of Fayetteville, North Carolina, 29 years old. Coming off a twister submission last week, beating Jose Johnson. Easy money. Did I not mention that on our did I mention Blackshear on our bets? Uh I don't recall. Actually, that's Cap, because wasn't he the weekend before? No, he was last week. Wow. I, yeah, if I didn't mention it last week. If I didn't mention it, guys, we did bet Blackshear, and you could check our Twitter for proof. We bet him small, but, you know, we, we, in we, hindsight, we, we should have yeah. smashed him. Yeah. Because we, we called how that fight was going to go. Yeah. And, you know, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, Blackshear, we did pick Blackshear to win. I don't... I picked him with the sub. I just didn't put enough on it. Well, we both did, actually. I got goldfish memory, so I don't remember what I said on the podcast. I just remember... Yeah. I definitely picked Blackshear to win that fight. Absolutely. And, you know, he was definitely a parlay piece. Yeah. Congratulations for anybody who had him in the lineup. You know, you're a winner. <laughs> Unless you put um, Homeboy in there. The guy who just fought uh, Swanson. That would do. Uh, then you're real sick. But anyway, loser. I don't want to get back into that. Yeah. Uh, I think Mario Batista is the side here. That being said, uh, Batista, the better striker. Not that doubt, you know, not that Blackshear is, uh, you know, anything to sneeze at striking wise. Like he's got solid striking, underrated striking. I don't think people talk about his striking enough. But I do think Mario Batista is the better striker. I do think if it gets to the ground, a little more even, I think Batista might be the better wrestler. I think Blackshear's the better Black grappler. Blackshear, definitely the better grappler. If Blackshear's on his back, it's probably a little more difficult. If he's on top, hey, that's Yikes. where things get a little, little scary for Batista here. But I'm going to lean Batista here. It's, I mean, 
Blackshear is live. Blackshear is like, I think he's a little live. I don't know how live live he is. Because, I mean, again, Batista was preparing for a striker. Right. Who, who could grapple in Cody. And I think he was going to obliterate that man. Yeah. You know, no love. No love. No love for no love. He was, yeah. Cody, no, no chin. No chin. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Blackshear, and again, it, and if the rumors are true, this fight is taking place at 135. So he's going to make this weight cut again. And like four, and within four days, that's yeah. rough. That's he's rough. a he's a big guy, and he's a big yeah. He's Blackshear's not a small dude. Yeah, um, I tell you he what, he might though, be the bigger guy. I mean, they he, got him listed here as an inch is an inch taller, and he's got three inches in reach on him. He is the bigger guy, which and is, the the line the line's appropriate. I think Batista's at minus two eighteen right now. Blackshear's at plus one eighty. Um, I think that's appropriate. And I think it's appropriate only because Blackshear didn't have a whole camp for him, even though he is in shape. But I do think the back-to-back weight cuts, like you said, is going to play yeah. a big. It's going to play a big factor in this fight. This is going to be one of these fights where I kind of want to wait until uh, weigh-ins. weigh-ins just to see Blackshear, just to see his demeanor, if he's looking good, if he's looking healthy. He could be live. He could be. Yeah. But I, I think Batista. I think he's a little too much for him in the in the striking department. I think he's the better wrestler. Maybe not the better grappler. But I think Batista should get this covered. I think a sneaky over is the way to go on this yes. fight. Because I know Batista is a finisher, but Blackshear is not. He's underrated, bro. He's, he hasn't been finished in the UFC. He's if, underrated. And I think he's been subbed once, maybe. Before the UFC. And he, lose, and he has trouble against people who are uh, grapplers, right? I think he's lost to like Sabatini and people of that ilk. He don't lose to like whack people. No, Black Shear is underrated. This is this is a this is a proven fight for Batista, low key. But this is the best fighter he's fought. The last guy he 100%. fought was Kennedy. Hundred percent. Kennedy sounds like something I throw on with my pizza, bro. <laughs> like let's just keep it one hundred. <laughs> or it's on the side of my pizza with my soda and shit. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Not with that glizzy, you know, because I ain't no hey, glizzy gobble out here. You feel me? Yo. I ain't about that life. <laughs> I like hot dogs, man. But hey, yo, no, you like? On, man. Can't you even can't even say that. Why? Why are you doing that? I can't even say that. You know, but. <laughs> Without, you know, exterior forces looking at me some kind of way, but it's Man, all good, you're though. You're making it wild hot right now, bro. No, I'm not. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be nothing wrong with me eating a good old-fashioned American hot dog, but no. You got to calm down. I'm in New York. You need to stop that. And it's called a glizzy. <laughs> if you eat glizzies, you a gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listen, I think for me personally, I think Batista's a side. I think this is a close fight. I think this fight... Does go to decision. Don't know Batista. If Batista finishes this guy, that's impressive. Very. I'm, I'm going to lean that he doesn't. Well, I mean, I'm going to lean that he doesn't cons- if Blackshear looks very good on in weight, in, in the weigh-ins. If he, does, if he looks a little rough, I can see Batista working the body and, like, you know, getting this guy out of here and, you know, giving him his first, like, finish loss. But sneakily, sneakily, if you don't want to pick a side here. The overs. I think the overs hit. And then I think, the, and like I said, I think the overs are sneaky. But I think for me, pure pick, Batista, don't know how I'm going to bet it. That's what I got. Agreed. All right. Now, second fight on the main card. We got Marlon Chito Vera going one-on-one with the young Punisher. To change his name to the old Punisher. Pedro Munoz. Chito. 28, 22, 8, and 1. Fighting out of Ecuador. 30 years old. Pedro Munoz. 
hailing from Brazil, 36 years old. This is like, uh, this is, this fight is a little tough because I feel like these guys are like a literal mirror of each other. She does a bigger mirror. I mean, the bigger dude. Is he the bigger dude? 5'8 to 5'6. Yeah, 70 to 65. Yeah, he's the bigger dude. He's the younger dude. 100%. It's just, and what are the odds on this? Um, I, I know Cheeto is the favorite. Cheeto's definitely a favorite. How big of a favorite? He is. Where are you? If I had to guess, maybe like 170, 180? Minus 198. Oof, okay. And Pedro Munoz plus 164. Man. The over is minus 360. I mean, these these are two guys that... This fight's for sure going the distance. It's, correct. it's probably going to go the distance. These They're both good strikers. They're both durable. Both never been knocked down. Both never been knocked out. Cheeto, historically slower starter. Munoz, maybe submission upside. Vera, maybe the knockout upside. This fight is tough. They both kind of do the same thing. They both fight the same way. I will say this is the most stationary target that Cheeto's fought in a while. True. Pedro does move his feet, but you know what? Let me not shit on him like that. Pedro does move his feet a bit. Yeah. Um, Because he did against our boy, um, who I'm never going to bet again. The guy he beat last time. Um. What's his name? I got you right now. But regardless, he moves his feet. So, but Gutierrez. I, Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Fuck Gutierrez. Yeah, he, fuck burnt him. he burnt us. He burnt us bad. Trying to fade this old man, old man Pedro. <laughs> he said, damn you. Never fade me, boy. <laughs> but what I will say is that um, this is definitely going to be probably the most stationary target Vera's ever fought in a while. And I could see Vera clipping him. Because think about Vera's last couple of fights. San Hagen, Dominic Cruz. And who was the guy before that? Uh, was it Sugar? Sugar Sean? Rob Font? Frankie Egger? Yeah. Davey Grant? Jose Aldo and Sean O'Malley? I mean, let's, let's cut out, let's cut the, from Frankie Egger down, let's cut that, right? Because he knocked out Frankie and MSG. I was there for that fight, actually. But Rob Font, Dominic Cruz, Corey Sanhagen, what do they all have? Great footwork? And the, the ability not to get hit. Pedro does not possess those attributes. He, he will lean into a war sometimes. Um, I think I like the overs in this fight. Vegas is all over it. But low-key, I can see this fight getting finished. Um, think so? I can. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't bet it. It's tough. But, it, but, these, but if Marlon knocked him out, would you be surprised? I've, I've, no, I wouldn't be crazy surprised. I mean, again, like I said, these guys both never been knocked down, never been knocked out. Uh, Munoz for me, I think he's the chinnier of the two, only because like again, he's older. I was he's the older one, and when I seen him fighting Dom, Dom was kind of moving that boy a little bit, and Dom is not a prolific finisher at all. You know no. what I'm saying? Not a big. He's puncher. not known to be this, you know, one shot KO Francis Ngannou type puncher. You see what I'm saying? So it's no. like I'm gonna lean Cheeto here, pure pick. I don't know how to bet this. It's a scary bet because Cheeto. 90% of the time, loses round one. This is a three-round fight. If this was a five-round fight, Cheeto I'd be all day. way more confident in Cheeto here. 
I can see Pedro just controlling him against the cage. Cheeto. Low key. That's what I'm like. If so, my head is like, okay, I think Cheeto's the better fighter. But if you're going to give up round one to Pedro, Pedro's just got to win one more round. Pedro could grapple him for a round. And now he's got, he's two rounds in. And now you're, you're, you're round three here and you're banking on Cheeto for a finish. To stop a guy who's, who's never been knocked, knocked down. down. Or knocked out. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's it's risky business. Yeah. You Cheeto know? should win, but... More than likely, he wins round three, and more than likely, he loses round one. Yeah. So it's like, if you're on the Cheeto side, maybe the best thing to do is probably wait until round two. Yeah. To get a better line on Cheeto. Not a that, bad idea. And then that way, it's kind of like, you know, you're... you're uh, you're, you're hedging a little bit on the risk that you're taking if you're on the Cheeto side. But on if you're on the Munoz side, again, he's a dog. He's probably going to win round one. So he's just got to... And Munoz is not a dumb fighter. These, bo- these guys are both not dumb. Uh, he's just got to win one round. And if he grapples Vera here and gets him on the ground, controls him a little bit, that's, that's two rounds right there. And then all he's got to do is just not, you know, is just survive for one round. So Munoz might be kind of a lot, like he might be a live dog here. He might be. He might be a dog to, that you can, you know, not confidently put your bet in, but like semi-confidently put your money on. I'm going to lean Vera here because I do think he's the better fighter and I do think he, he does get it done. But from a, Pick standpoint, I mean, from like a betting standpoint, I mean, I, the unders, I mean, the over is probably more than likely hit because I think this fight does go to decision. Minus 360, bro. Yikes. You got to parlay that. If you want a better number on Munoz, maybe you bet Munoz by, if you want to get greedy, decision. Munoz by decision. If you want a better number on Vera, Vera by decision. Either Vera by decision or just live bet him after round one. I agree. My heart says Vera. My mind kind of says Vera, but Munoz, I mean, who knows? He, he, might, he might get some money here. He might. I don't know. This one I'm going to have to wait on a little bit too. I want to feel this one out, but pure pick. I don't want to waste any more time. I think, I think Vera's the side, and Munoz might, might be a live dog here, but I think this is a very close fight. I think the overs do hit. Agreed. All right, now we are at the featured bout, and we have Ian Machado Gary going one-on-one, not with Jeff Neal. Hand to steal. But with Neil Magny. Oh. The Haitian sensation, Neil Magny. This, that, that, this card, this main card, lost a lot, of, a lot of steam losing Jeff Neal. I mean, this is still a good fight, though. It is, but dude, Jeff Neal, dude, we bet him. Yeah, we just as a heads up, but we're gonna start letting you guys know that we we got him at the opening line at plus one forty. He was at plus one forty for this fight, and I was like, hey, you know, that's me and my brother both looked at that line. I was like, we saw what happened when people like people kind of over underrated him against Shavkat, and I feel like they're still underrating him against Ian Gary, bro. and they're still underrating like again, a guy who leaves his chin up. Ian against Gary, an elite level boxer in this division, bro. Come he, on, he's gonna get his shit clipped. Ian Gary, who got rocked by Kanan Song. <laughs> In the Who? first round? Who? Go ahead. Who? There you go. <laughs> My bad. I beat you too. No, you did. Yeah, I was going to slam that button. <laughs> the glizzy's touched. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? A guy who hasn't really fought like the biggest 
competition. You know, I like you know, I don't want to say they're like uh they're holding his hand here a little bit. They are giving him some matchups here to like test certain attributes of his skills, you know, like his striking, his this and that, that and this. But hasn't fought like Neil Magny's the biggest name here. Jeff Neal was the bigger name. Good step up in competition though for, for Ian. It this is. is the appropriate step if we're being honest. Hundred percent. And this is a fight that Ian Gary wanted personally before they decided to give him uh hands of steel. Hands of steel. He wanted Neil Magny. Hands of steel is crazy, bro. So that being said, I do think Ian Gary is the side here. He's minus five hundred, bro. You obviously you can't bet him straight. No. Probably a solid parlay piece. I think he does beat Neil Magny here. I agree. Now, if you want to get a little sneaky, a little slimy, a little, you know. By knockout. No. By sub. You think he subs? I think he subs. I think he subs Neil Magny. Because he's he's wanted Neil Magny literally ever since he's made rank. That was the first fight that he's the the guy he's called out. He's been calling out. I think think Ian Gary here is a uh, smart fighter. I mean, he's got Machado in his name for a reason. I think his grappling, he's been wanting to display it against the right guy. Neil Magny has this tendency of making people fight the way he wants to fight. I think most of that has to do because Neil Magny's just a super big dude with big reach. You can't really box Magny because he's just longer than everybody. So, you know, he, he, he makes them fight this style where they just come in on him and he's, and he's always clinching and grappling. Machado, I think, is going to welcome that. I think Machado is going to want to test his game. And he's one of the... I, I, I believe in Ian Gary here. I do. I like him. And I do think, sneakily, I think he get, I think he's going to get a sub here. I think he's going to get his... I think first sub in the UFC, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know he's got a sub on his record. He's got one sub win. I don't know if it was in the UFC or not. It could have been like in the Contender Series or something like that. But Ian Gary by submissions plus 550. Yes. I like it. I think Ian Gary is going to win. I think he's the side. He's the pick. If you want to stick him in your parlay, that's the way to do it. I do think he finishes uh, Neil Magny, in my opinion, and I do think he does it by sub. So I think, personally, I might be sprinkling a little bit of Ian Gary sub here. That's all I got. Ian Gary to finish is minus 135. That's not bad either. I mean... Yeah, I could. I mean, I could see it. The thing is, I agree with you with that assessment too, because Neil likes to play off his back. Um, I think plus three eight is a little much, but I could see why because I think the hype on Gary is real. Um, this guy has similar dimensions to Neil, and Neil, despite having thirty fights in the UFC and winning twenty one of them, I just think that he, if he doesn't, for all of his opponents that he's beaten, if there's not a glaring hole in their game, he doesn't know what to do. He, he defeats guys that have glaring holes in their game. Ian, I'm not sure, has any of it. Knows how to stuff takedowns, has very good distance management control. Even the guy he got dropped by, that, you know, that little nobody. Who? He, um, he figured <laughs> him out, made adjustments, and was baiting him to throw the left so he could counter with the right. And just, you know, just that little chess move um, was able to defeat him handily and stop him. But that's why I thought the Jeff Neal fight was it, because... He, he was not going to get away with those that one trick, that one trick pony, that one adjustment in the fight to beat Neil. With Neil, you need multiple transitions, multiple different looks. You need to keep Jeff Neil guessing. You need to give him different looks. Neil is, he is what he is. And I agree with you. I think this fight goes 
inside the distance. I mean, like, okay, the only thing that I do that I do worry about Ian, and it's and again, it's a thing that's been pre- uh, prevalent throughout all his fights. You can't hit him, especially early. Correct. He does leave his chin out there. Yep. Now, is Magny the type to take advantage of that kind of? Uh, not really. Not really. Jeff Neal would have been though. Jeff Neal would have been. I like the fact that people kind of disrespecting Jeff Neal kind of you know gets on my nerves just a little bit. But dog, he he wobbled Shakat. Yeah, he wobbled him multiple times in that yes. fight, and I and I, I it was crazy because there was a lot of people like on Shavkat's nuts, like oh he's I mean, in a listen, dog walk. I, mean, I think rightfully so. I he's mean, a beast. Not, not the no. dog walking part, but he's a beast, man. right? But the dog walking part. Yeah. And I was like, and I, I was telling you too when that fight got announced, I was like, dude, he is not dog walking Jeff Neal. Not at all. He is not dog walking yeah. him. And Jeff Neal is legit. And like, you've seen the fight. Yeah, excellent, fight. phenomenal fight. I love that. Fight. And he had to get and Shavkat had to catch him with a choke that. Was very unorthodox. It was like from the side, he's standing next to him like he was parallel parking and shit, and he just Dude. literally big brothered him with the choke. It, it was a weird like. It was one of those man. I want to finish. You're gonna lose. You're gonna you're gonna tap to this no matter what. I don't care. It's the weird. It, it was just like a. It was like a bulldog choke, like a modified bulldog choke. It was weird. It was like I want this more fight. Uh, I want this more kind of submission essentially, right? Because it was an awkward submission. Yeah. But man, like when that round started, fight. Jeff Jeff heard him. Yeah, Jeff heard him two, two or three times, bro. So it's like you know, yeah. I, Ian Gary by finish. I'm probably gonna make that bet. I minus one thirty five, and I'm definitely sprinkling on the sub. I think he gets the sub. Yeah, plus five fifty. Too much value there. You gotta play it. All right, now we are here. Co-main event. Great fight for the strawweight championship. We have Zhang Weili, Magnum going against. Amanda, Amandina, Amandina, I think it's the same name. Amanda Lemos, Zangwele. I'm sorry for that long pregnant pause there. I just like had the crazy brain. Pregnant, fart. pregnant. Yeah, they call it a pregnant pause. Uh, you know, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> Keep going. What are you saying to me right now? Glizzies. <laughs> Glizzy's in pregnancy. That's all here my, my brother got problems right now. I don't know what's wrong with this man. He's acting Glizzy's on his mind, man. <laughs> Zhang Wei Li, 23 and 3. The champion. Fighting out of China. 34 years old. Going against Amanda Lemos. 13, 2 and 1. The challenger. Fighting out of Brazil. Hailing from Brazil. 36 years old. I like this fight a lot. I don't know if this fight goes the distance. I'm I'm leaning the unders. Yes. I think there's a finish in this fight. Pure pick. Whaley. But I think Lemos, probably the hardest hitter in this division. Yeah. She's got hands. She's got underrated, like, you know, guillotine sub game. A little underrated. I don't think people talk about it enough. She's live, especially like for the first round and a half, two rounds, maybe even two and a half rounds. I think she's live. The more, the longer this fight goes, the more I like Whaley. I do think Whaley gets it done. Maybe fight ends in sub is not a bad look because I can see Whaley getting a sub. I can see Whaley trying to grapple. And then Lemos catching her in a guillotine or some kind of ninja choke or something like that. So fight ends in sub is probably not a bad look, depending on the number. I do 
yeah, like I said, I don't think this fight goes the distance. I'm going to say Wei Li is the lean, but for a bet, I don't know. Sub either way, I think. Even though I just finished saying Lemos has hands. Um, I mean, Lemos could rock her. But, I mean, Wei Li, she's good, man. Durable fighter, excellent fighter. She's only lost to Rose. And she's lost to Rose twice, right? Yeah. Only lost to Rose in this division. Sub is plus 275. To end in sub? That's, that. that's, that's value there. That might be the play for me. The knockout's minus 150. Not bad either. I mean, yeah, maybe. But I like I liked the sub thing. And, and, and to jump in here, I agree. I think, I think people are sleeping on Lemos a little bit. The only issue with Lemos, she's a little older. And she does tend to gas in fights. But, man, for the first round and a half, two rounds of this fight. I think the first, the first two rounds. She's dude, she's dangerous. Yes. And if Zang is not on her P's and Q's, if they stand in front of each other and they start throwing shots, it's a 50-50 fight. This is, this it is. is, this is going to be another fight where I'm, I'm kind of interested in, like, the, the, you know, I mean, you shouldn't weigh, like, the pre-fight talking and, like, uh, what do you call that? The uh, I, I Yeah, the, the build-up to the fight. Yeah, like, the, the build-up stuff. The, pre, the like, pre-fight uh, talk. When they, when the press talking, conference yeah, stuff. When they, yeah, when they're doing all that stuff. I'm curious to see where Zhang is at because she's not with uh, what's uh, Suhudo's so camp? Yeah, fight that, ready. Yeah, she's not with them no more. Yeah, so and she was she was in that camp for the Rose Nama Eunice and the Jessica the Joanna Janjacic fights, and th- those were very wrestling heavy game plans. So it's gonna be pretty interesting to see if she does bring in wrestling heavy game plan here. I mean, again, if, if this is a striking fight, I think this is a 50-50 fight. I think Lemos might have the faster hands. Yeah. Does she have the reach? She, she does, does. Two inches. Two inches. They're both the same and height. And she knows how to use it, too. Like, and by the way, if Zhang wants to wrestle, if Zhang is not on her P's and Q's on the entry, she's going to get guillotined. Yeah. By a girl who I think is going to be naturally bigger than her. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna say... I'm going to say... Uh, like, I, I mean... Zhang's the lean. Yeah, Zhang is the lean. And it's, especially the fight goes deep. Yeah. You know, after once, round three, after round three, or even in the middle of round three, I not, think past round. Oh no! Two. I'm sorry, after round two, yeah. it's over. If if Amanda doesn't get her early, and it, and I'm assuming Lemos, she knows it's a five round fight. She's probably gonna try to pace herself a little bit because I don't think Lemos like I you know she I think she's a smart fight. I mean she got caught by um, Jessica Andrade, but I think but that was a that was a weird a weird thing to get caught in. She just was not expecting the arm trying the standing from arm trying Andrade. Trying. At yeah. all people, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I feel like she's gonna become a little more prepared here. She could win. I think she's, she might be a live dog. What's the number? What's the numbers on this? She's plus two fifty. That might that might be decent enough for a, a bit of a sprinkle. Nah, how about this? There, there could be an upset. Here. Nah, nah. Let, let's not even, don't don't even play her her money line. Right, play her to finish. So what's her to finish? That's true. Her to finish is plus three thirty. Yeah, I think if, if you're gonna if you're gonna play Lemos, if you gotta if, play to finish. I think you play to finish, and if you want to get real spicy, you play the sub. But the she, sub. she she could she, she could, could knock her out. She could clap her up. But Lemos by sub is plus one thousand. What's um what's her, her what's, knockouts plus four fifty? What's Whaley inside? Whaley inside the distance is minus one fifty. Whoa, there is value there, sir. Yeah, not bad. I think she. I think she's gonna finish her. I wish that was like minus, like a little less than one fifty. Nah, one fifty is a good lot, dude. I thought it was gonna be minus two hundred. Because think about it, like this fight's gonna go one of two ways. Either Zayn's gonna stop her late 
or early, or La is going to stop her early. That's the yeah. only way this fight, this fight's not going to decision. I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe in some world, some crazy world, it does, where they're patient, they, a lot of respect. It could be a boring fight, too. I just don't see it because Zhang Wei Li, like, she's gotten into gunfights with people that have knocked her out. You know, Jessica Andrade came out of her, and she stopped Andrade. She went into the fire with Rose Namajunas twice. You know, Joanna Janjakis, she had fight of the year. Yeah. You know, like, that was a crazy fight. And then she dog-walked to the second fight. So, uh, God, I, I think um, Zang is the lean for sure. I think Wei Li, if you want another way to play her, you could probably just sprinkle a little bit on 3, 4, 5. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I mean, she, listen, she could finish her rounds 1 and 2. I don't know, but. But you want to play value here. Yeah. I you think know? three, four, and five are, are nice little sprinkles for Whaley if you're on the Whaley side. If you want to bet it that way. Um, I do think this fight doesn't go to distance. I do think the unders hit if you can get a nice undervalue, you know, under four and a half or something like that. Fight doesn't start round five. If you want to get real frisky, fight doesn't start round four. Uh on the Lemo side, maybe you uh I don't know, maybe Rounds one and two, if you want to sprinkle that. I think fight into sub, I still think that's a good look because I think this sub is uh, sub is live for both sides. Sneakily live for look both sides. Look at this. Zhang Wei Li to win in rounds three and four is, is plus 550. Hmm. That's not bad. There's value there, man. That's not bad. There's value there. There's value there. There's a lot of places we can play this. I think this is a good fight. I think to more, bet on too. More more often than not, though, I think Wei Li kind of handles this. Low key, I kind of want Wei Li to win because I kind of want to see Wei Li uh, fight um, Yao Zhanan. Yeah, because I think that's the I think in I, China. I, I thought that was the fight to make in China, bro. Oh my god, that's a banger Ooh. too. Because I think Giannis slept on that sells out whatever venue they're in in China. In China, that's like both a, that's, Chinese that's a, fighters. That's a mega. That's fight. a mega fight. And they're over both there. really good fighters. And they're both great. Yep. So selfishly, I kind of want Wei Li to win here just so they could set that fight up. But again, I, I think Lemos is more than deserving of this shot. I think Lemos is a little is more than live. Yeah. She is live, especially early. I'm leaning Wei Li here to win. Don't know how I'm going to bet this fight at all. And anyway, I just gave you guys a bunch of options depending on how you feel. Me personally, like I said, I think Wei Li's the side. Don't know how I'm going to bet it. I, I might be I might end up taking a shot on Lemos. It depends on weigh-ins and stuff like that too. Lemos does historically have a hard time making this kind this weight class. Want to see on the scale too. So I would love to see her on the scale, how she looks. If she's you know, she looks so sucked out, if she you know she's big, had man. a terrible cut. She's, she's a, big. She's big for this she's weight a big class. Girl, man. So this is another one where I'm gonna wait until last minute to see where where the uh you know, where the fighters look. And um yeah, I, that's all I got for this one. Yeah, me too. That's about all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here. Before we continue, like, comment, subscribe on everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, follow. Everybody listening on Spotify or Apple, Google, hit you know subscribe to that too. Right before we break this fight down, just want to throw that out there. You know what I'm saying? But here we go. Main event. Aljamain Sterling. Sean O'Malley. 
I don't know why I said that. He's not like I me. Mean, he's Irish, but like he's he's American. <laughs> Sean O'Malley. Bantamweight Championship. Who did you, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this one. I'm gonna let you kick this one off. Or I don't do you have, feel comfortable kicking I, this one off. I I I, I don't mind. Um, this fight is probably one of the easiest fights to break down the card. Is it? It is. And educate me, brother. This I'm, fight. I'm I, this. I, by the way, I don't think this fight goes the distance. I think the unders alive here. That, uh I agree with you there. I go that far. I think this doesn't go the distance. Right. Yeah. Aljo gets it to the floor. He smashes Sean. Sean keeps on the feet. He's gonna fuck him up. That it's that simple. Um. Sean is bigger than him, in some in some ways. Aljo's bigger than him in some dimensions. So it's it's just it's just how you want to play it. My lean is gonna be Aljo. He's probably gonna sub him. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think Aljo. I'm tired of betting against Aljamain Sterling at this point. I faded him against Ahudo. I faded him against Dillashaw, even though Dillashaw owes me fucking money for that fight. I listen. Fuck him. Side note: Dillashaw owes a lot of people. My man walked in there, compromised. compromised. I don't know how he even got cleared to fight. He told the referee. He told people backstage, "Hey, listen, my shoulder's gonna pop out. Give me, give me some time to readjust." How are you gonna say that? Yeah. How are you gonna go into a fight, compromise like that, and then first of all get cleared to to go in there, and then two. I don't know that that pissed me off. I oh man, because like again, if EPO, if EPO uh, CEO of EPO, the CEO of EPO shows up, I think that fight was gonna be a banger. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause Dill- Dillashaw EPO Dillashaw was sick. Yeah, I was looking forward to see what non EPO Dillashaw looked like. Compromised. My my man came in way like he he couldn't even heal correctly off the EPO. <laughs> But it's, that whatever that fight pissed me off. Then before that was Peter Yan, right? And all of those fights, crazy enough, and it's it sucks to say this, they all have asterisks next to them. So Hudo came off of like a four year layoff. TJ came in compromised. Um, and Peter Yan arguably, arguably won, won the, the fight. fight. Yeah, arguably won the first fight, and then arguably won the second fight. That's an argument for Peter Yan for the second fight too. I gave it to Aljo. I gave Aljo the second fight, but. The fight was razor close. Yes. It, it was. Then he was getting his ass whipped the first fight before, I'm going to be honest with you, he put on an acting performance, but I don't blame these guys <laughs> when they do that shit. Oscar worthy, baby. Oscar worthy. I don't blame people when they do that, bro, because when you get the title, there's, t- there's money implications and pay-per-view points. So all he did was just negotiate and win for his bag, right? Now, the fact that he's already talking about moving up to 145 means he's having trouble making the weight. Yeah. Big however, dude, man. he's such a big dude. For however, he's he's a professional. He's going to make the weight cleanly. Yeah, he is. Which means he's very big for the weight class, too. If he's having issues making the weight. Sean, I don't want to say Sean's live. He is live because of his footwork, his ability to stay on the outside. The thing is with Sean, though, he does his best work when he's using his kicks. I don't know if he's going to be able to refrain from using his kicks the whole fight. He could work behind his boxing, but... I don't think Aljo's a bad striker. No, you know? I don't. I he's don't. Not the, he's not the cleanest striker. He does throw some clean, like, one-twos down the pipe. He's awkward, though. But, like... And his volume. You know, yeah, you're right. It's like, does Sean... Because I think Sean, at his best, is using all four of his limbs. You know, he's using his elbows, using his knees. His kicks are, you know... his Sean O'Malley's kicks is what, like, you know... Yeah. He's wicked with them kicks. Yeah. 
His hands are good too. Don't get me wrong. He's got good hands too, but it's just that combination of like his striking overall. He's so dynamic. He's one of the best strikers in the division. Yeah, hundred percent. But can he can he stay on his back foot for five rounds against this guy? I just don't see it. I don't see unless he can clip him early, and Aljo's going to be aware of that. And I'm tired of just doubting this Ray Longo camp, like how they prep for this guy and these 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 competitors and they like. I think Aljo's just being super disrespected. I think he's been super disrespected for most of his career. I also think that he is already in the argument for one of the greatest bantamweights of all time. Arguably the greatest if you look at who he's beaten. And by the way, he beat the next guy up in Corey Sanhagen. He steamrolled him in one minute. And, like, if, and if you want the real, that's the biggest evidence that I need for this fight because Corey always kind of fought on the outside like that. Aljo kind of walked him down, took him down, and just got him out of there. And I can see that happening in this fight, too. It can be a round one sub. Yeah. No bullshit. Um, I, I wouldn't bet it that way because I do think Sugar is smart. I think he's very honest with his capabilities and where he's strong at, which is why I think has helped him grow so exponentially fast as a mixed martial artist. However, I think this is a little too much too soon for him. I think that he has handpicked his fights. He handpicked uh, Peter Yan because Peter Yan wasn't going to utilize his wrestling. But the fact that Peter Yan shot on him should say a lot about how good this guy is on his feet. But that said, Aljo, probably by submission. You know what, brother? I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you just said. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, what did you leave out? Not too much. Aljo, again, underrated striker. I think his striking gets overlooked because people are so worried about his grappling. You know, best back taker. In the division. In the division. By he, far. If he's got your back. That G- round's done. GG. You're not winning that round. No. You're not. Survive. Survive. Or Sanhagen. Just take the Sanhagen round just, and just lose. Because tap out. Just tap out. O'Malley, this is the best wrestler he's fought by far. Tap or not, baby. We don't know what O'Malley's like. You know, we don't know how he's been preparing. He's been wanting this fight for a while. He's trained. He's been training with some solid jujitsu dudes. Maybe O'Malley's best route is two. It's two ways I can see O'Malley winning this fight. Early KO. You know. Or he survives the onslaught. And and especially if he makes Aljo work, right? Aljo cuts a lot of weight for this division. When it gets to round three, when it gets to round four in particular, or gets to round five in particular, Aljo slows. He slows down a little bit. O'Malley could take advantage of that. O'Malley could beat him late. Yeah. I 100% believe that. He's just got to get there, though. Which I don't know. That's, if he, that's the scary part. Yeah. I think if, if he if he can survive the onslaught, if he gets his back taken, but doesn't get subbed, you know. But he has he, to make he, he has to simultaneously be making Aljo work. If he's not making Aljo he, work, yeah, it's gonna needs, be a long fucking night. He needs to make Aljo work. It's gonna be a long night for if, him. If if he's not pushing the pace on Aljo, I'm pushing the pace, pushing the pace. <laughs> On Aljo? Where's the Gabagoo? Where's the Where's Gabagoo? The Where's the Gabagoo? <laughs> if he's not pushing the pace on Aljo, it's going to be a long night for him. If he pushes the pace, which I do think he will, because, again, as, as much as we're saying that Aljo, uh, I mean, as, uh, as much as we're saying as uh, O'Malley hasn't fought a grappler like Sterling, 
Sterling hasn't fought a striker like O'Malley. Jan. I think he's a little more dynamic. I agree. In his striking. No, I agree. And, but and, and again, he's Sean's going to be the bigger guy. Yeah. I think their reach is about the same. I mean, he might even... Uh, Aljo might even have the reach advantage. But O'Malley's long. And he knows how to... He knows how to fight big. He knows how to fight big. He's very good at distance management. If he could make... Aljo work here. Extend this fight. Get to round three. Get to round four in particular. Get to round five in particular. I think O'Malley is live. Might because, be a good live bet spot. Because Aljo can't get sloppy. Has been sloppy. Especially when he's worked in the later rounds like that. That being said, I do agree with you. I do think Sterling is the side. I, just like you, I've disrespected this man. I bet against him. He's made me pay for it. I should know better. He's from New York. I got to be rooting for these dudes. Uh, hopefully, I don't jinx this, but I'm, I'm picking, I'm picking Omat. I mean, I'm picking Sterling here. I think Sterling gets it done. I think Sterling does get the sub. I, I like Sterling sub. Sterling's knockout right now is plus 550, by the way. I can see him grounding, pounding him out too. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot like. It, it depends. It, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong because we, again, we haven't seen what O'Malley looks like in the grappling exchange. He does you know, scramble. He knows how to get back up. Yeah, he's hard to hold down. He is. I'll give him that. He, he doesn't want to be on the ground. He's even said it. Because, you know, uh, another thing I like about O'Malley, he's blunt. And he's real about, you know, everything that he says and, you know, he does. He's admitted, I don't want to get on the ground with this guy. I don't want this guy to touch me. He's going to do everything in his path to stay away from the grappling. And if he does get grappled, everything in his power to get up. FYI, by the way, um, Aljo hasn't subbed anyone in his last... Since Corey Sanhagen, um, his last couple of fights, Cejudo, I didn't actually watch that fight, so I, I'm going to lean on you there. But Peter Yan took his back, um, controlled him and just threw punches. TJ stopped him from back mount and punches. All I'm saying, and I, don't think, I don't think Sugar is completely a novice on the floor, so I don't see him getting subbed, but I could see him getting his back mounted by the stronger guy and just... Getting fucked up on the floor. But I also do think that Sterling, especially win or lose, this is probably his last fight in the division. He probably is going to move up. He is going to want an emphatic, like an emphatic win. Like, I think he wants a statement win. What better way than just to sub O'Malley, kill the hype. Or knock, or just stop him with punches. I, I think the sub is going to be there. I think the sub is going to be there. You know... Again, we don't we don't know the big question mark again is Sean O'Malley, what he looks like on the ground, how good is his jujitsu, can he survive, can he hang? We don't know. I'm gonna lean Sterling here, Sterling by sub, I think is more than live, but inside the distance or KO is also live. You're right, I don't think this makes it all away. And not that Sean O'Malley doesn't have a chance in hell. I do think he has a chance, especially early and especially late. And people betting Sean, I don't blame them. You know, Sean's not a bad fighter. 
He's a, and he's a very high IQ fighter. It's going to be a great fight. But I'm tired of losing to Aljamain Sterling. I pick against this man, and he, he lets me know every time, stop picking against me. You're disrespecting me, brother. Stop doing it. We're from New York. What are you doing? So I'm going to ride with him, and hopefully I don't jinx it. I like Aljo. I, I, I'm probably going to bet the sub. I don't know yet, but that's that's probably the way I'm going to lean. I would like to see the sub number if it's nice and juiced. Nice and juicy, not juiced. But, yeah, that being said, O'Malley is uh, more than live. He can win. But I like Sterling. Sterling pure pick. And Sterling is probably the way I'm going to bet it. I think I like the unders. I yeah. think I think yeah, that's what I think for this main event. The main event's gonna be great. I agree. This whole car top to bottom is great, ladies and gentlemen. And I think we could wrap it up from here, right? I mean, that's it. Yeah, I agree. Got I, anything I agree. Say. I agree with everything you said. And um I'm kind of in line with it, so yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of episode twenty six of the Access of Combat Podcast. Um no boxing this weekend, just a great UFC two ninety two card. Um, as you already know, and you guys know the routine, we start the podcast like this and we close the podcast like this. Follow, like, subscribe, comment, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Oh, and there's no, I, I got confused there because Twitter's no longer. Yeah, it's X. It's X. Whatever. <laughs> Everybody watching on YouTube right now, enjoying the uh, visual part of this podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, stay up to date. And for all of our audio listeners, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, episode 26 in the books. Love you guys. Follow us on all these platforms. Keep up to date with our bets. Do your part. We're doing our part. We're going to make sure you're informed. Keep you up to speed. Make you a little cheddar cheese. <laughs> Love you guys. Holla at ya. Later. Magnum. <laughs>